When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Number two of 630 Inside Sports, Dave Campbell in for Reed Wilkins tonight, who is at Hudson's on White Ave for the Hot AF Challenge. <laughs> He's emceeing this event tonight. Oh. Uh, so someone is going to try and down 10 wings in two minutes. Is that it? And if you do that, you uh, win wings for a year. That's what I understand, yes. Excuse me. <coughs> yeah, I did not uh, try a wing, although Kellen had one hanging around, and all I did was smell it. Mm-hmm. It got into my nose, and it settled right into my throat right now. I didn't eat it. <laughs> I just smelt it. Yeah. The heat is um, unbelievable. So for those of you that, I don't know, probably, I don't know if you're heading down right now, good luck to you. I don't know what your strategy is going to be, because this is crazy. This is crazy. But uh, enjoy yourself. Enjoy uh, the company of Reed Wilkins because the company of Reed Wilkins is uh, is good stuff. So we know that very well, Kellen. So. Absolutely. You can go down and meet him and shake his hand. And, uh, yeah, you can ask if you go down there tonight and that stuff. I'm sure if you have an Oilers question or something like that, He'll it's, it's kind of a cool, casual way of, you know, asking it if you, you know, are kind of nervous and sending in a text or want to you know, talk on air or something like that or whatever. You, you, hanging out with Reed Wilkins is an experience onto itself. That's <laughs> <laughs> what I'm that's, trying to say. That is a good it's way. Well worth, it's well worth the drive to go down there. That is stuff. a good and, way and of stating it. Yep. I have to say Hudson's, especially in that location on White, is one of my favorite uh, pubs, bars in the entire city to go to. So it's, it's a fun spot. Good stuff. Here's the uh, NHL scoreboard tonight. Uh, the Oilers will be scoreboard watching Late tonight, Calgary Flames in Los Angeles to play the Kings. Flames two points back of the Oilers for second in the Pacific Division. Oilers a point back of the Canucks for first in the division. The uh, division leaders are the Vancouver Canucks. They're at home to the Chicago Blackhawks. NBA tonight, the uh, Raptors looking for their 16th straight win. Late in the third quarter, Brooklyn Nets up 67-57. to You can text in. 780-496-0063. That is the number to call as well. Yesterday, opening day of CFL free agency. Eskimos, compared to a year ago, well, they were busy, but the magnitude definitely a lot smaller. Um, of course, last year they had to sign a replacement for Mike Riley for three receivers that left the team, Bryant Mitchell, Duke Williams, and uh, Darrell Walker, J.C. Sherritt retired. They lost Aaron Grimes to free agency. Uh, 
Brock Sunderland said this year definitely a lot different than last year. I mean, it, it was different than last year, obviously. I think that was an anomaly, and I don't anticipate that ever happening again in this league. I hope it doesn't. We, when you have four franchise quarterbacks not signed going into free agency day, that creates what happened last year. Uh, happy with the day. You know, we feel we got a lot of good quality substance signings done. Maybe not the splash that people eagerly anticipate in free agency, but it was very productive. And uh, we're happy. You know, I always say this after the draft, too. I don't know if you're going to ever ask a general manager on free agency today, how'd you do? And he says, oh, not happy with the guys we got. So the Eskimos, they signed a couple of uh, players that can definitely, or that will start for them. Uh, one is a defensive back who's going to start at their uh, short side corner or the boundary corner. Jonathan Mincy, two-year deal through 2001, or 2021, that is. Uh, spent a year with the Chicago Bears on the PR. One game with the Yargos last year, but in 2016 and 17, he was with the Montreal Alouettes with Noel Thorpe, who was... The, then the defensive coordinator for the Alouettes. He is that in that role uh, with the Eskimos now, including being the defensive backs coach. Al's top rookie in 2016, CFL Eastern Division All-Star in 2017. 53 defensive tackles, eight pass knockdowns, and Brock Sunderland very high on Mincy. We like him. We, we envision him being our boundary corner. Tough, physical, he, good cover skills, can do all those things. And the biggest thing is his aggressiveness as a defensive back. And obviously there's a connection to Noel Thorpe, so he knows the system, and that should help with the, the transition. I talked to him today, and he's pretty excited to get back to that cornerback position because I think he was a safety, or working out at safety, in the NFL, and he seemed that seemed to be really a target for him to be playing corner again. Yeah, I think I think that's his natural fit. Um, I can see why he played safety in the NFL because he is tough, as I mentioned. When he comes up, he'll smack you. So I think it made sense down there, just as much as it makes sense for him to go back to corner up here. So the other starter, the Eskimos, they lose Larry Dean, who ended up signing with the Hamilton Tiger Cats. That's where he was in the first two years of his career before signing with the Eskimos last year, and. Justin Tuggle is now the new middle linebacker, and he finished uh, second on the Ticats in defensive plays with 90. That included 79 defensive tackles, six pass knockdowns. And uh, Brock Sunderland tells uh, yesterday during our coverage uh, down uh, at the Commonwealth Stadium of free agency uh, that Morley and I had a chance to uh, talk with Brock Sunderland after his uh, formal part, and uh, Sunderland really likes what he sees in Justin Tuggle. Big, athletic, ferocious, can put his hand in the ground and come off the ball and be a pass rusher. did that in Toronto in 17. Uh, 6'3", 247, I believe, off the top of my head, but he has feet, hips, and everything to, to drop into coverage and do it effectively. Heavy hands when he strikes at the point of attack, blitzes extremely well, so... You know, we're excited. We think that he's going to be a very good middle linebacker for us. And you already know he can fill Larry Dean's shoes, right? Because he did it last year in Hamilton. <laughs> yeah, kind of <laughs> ironic how that how that worked out. Uh, he's got he's got it in the bloodlines too. Uh, I know uh, you're a guy who's got scouting in the mm -hmm. bloodlines and player personality. His dad was one of the most ferocious tackers in NFL history. Jesse Togo. And when I called Justin today, I, it was hard for me not to call him Jesse. I had to catch myself, <laughs> so I'm sure he gets that all the time. But, yeah, he's he's got the pedigree. He's extremely athletic. And, again, he's very versatile. And I think one thing that is appealing to us is that when he lines up, you can put him all sorts of different areas, similar to Mike Moore. You can line them up in different spots, and that can really mess with an offense. Yeah, uh, Jesse Togo was a five-time pro bowler in the NFL and a three-time all-pro as well he played uh, for the Atlanta Falcons from 1987 to 2000 so Justin Tuggle with some good bloodlines for sure so uh, a lot of you are asking about Calvin McCarty who is 
entering his 14th season. James texts in at 7804960063 and says, please ask Brock about the status of McCarty, be a travesty if Calvin didn't end his career as an Eskimo. Well, we asked him about, we asked Brock Sunderland about Calvin McCarty yesterday and the status there. We've offered Calvin multiple deals. I'll, I'll leave it at that. As you mentioned, I'm not going to get into contract discussions. Never have, never will. And we want Calvin here. We like Calvin. We want him to be a part of this. The door is open. It has been from day one. Part of getting to an agreement is both sides have to be happy with that amount. And uh, right now, we're just not at that point. So hopefully that changes. Door's not closed, though. Not on our end, no. So there you go. Um, a lot of offers have been exchanged. And the one issue was a signing bonus, which the Eskimos did not offer. The McCarty camp wanted it, and they still want it, as far as, I'm con- as, far as I know, last, at last check. But a lot of GMs are saying we're not handing out signing bonuses right now. It's a strange year because the salary cap went up $50,000, and minimum salaries went up eleven. Brock Sunderland yesterday talks about the impact of that reality. On our projected roster as of right now, obviously that can change. With the league minimum going to $11,000, that immediately added $136,000 to our salary cap. Mm-hmm. And when the cap only goes up 50000 if you do the math, I believe that's $86,000, we're immediately net in the hole. So it makes decisions, which we had to do, is we can have DeVars Daniels or we can have Greg Elliamson, but we can't have both. So right. we chose Greg. Tough decisions, but ones that you have to make. So that's the implication that that had for us and widespread across the league. I think everybody's going through that. And I think what it's doing is it's the middle players that are in that 95 to 125 range. I think there's a lot of them sitting out there right now because of this, where your top, top tier players, obviously they're going to get signed. They're going to get the market value and your rookie guys or your 75 to 95,000 type players have that window the rest of them. I think that's what the lull is right now. So that's a big hit for a, a, a team trying to build a roster. So Brock Sunderland says $136,000 hit to their cap with minimum salaries going up 11000 Now that's their cap. Every team's different. And with salaries going up $50,000 or the uh, salary cap going up fifty grand, that's an $80,000 hit to their cap. And I imagine that's obviously universal to everybody. Um, so that's like $200,000 of a hit to their salary cap. That is a really good Canadian starter or a really high-end American starter, or that's three American starters or one Canadian starter and two American starters, like that's, it's, or players, I should say. So that's a pretty big hit. So the players that are the upper echelon, the Willie Jeffersons, for example, and um, he got paid. Jagarrett Davis, defensive end of the Hamilton Tiger Cats, he got paid. DeVaris Daniels got $200,000 and basically set the receiver market, which is, in my view, a little bonkers. I like DeVaris Daniels. I really do. DeVaris Daniels can't stay healthy, so that's why I think two hundred k is pretty generous from the Toronto Argos' point of view. So the minimum salary, it's, it's, it, you, know, you have to pay your entry level sixty five grand. You have to. Which is good, because if you have the XFL coming in that are recruiting players, you want to make your entry-level contracts attractive. But the middle tier are getting hurt. 
by this. And Darrell Walker, and this text comes in at 7804960063. Darrell, Darrell Walker may need to fire his agent. Not too much money kicking around for him anymore. He's still available. And last year, Darrell Walker set his price high. He got about 275, 280 from the Argos. In an offseason where no one knew what the cap was going to be. So teams like the Eskimos and others just spent. They just spent. And then they realize it's 50 grand only. Going, the cap's going up only by 50 grand. They're going, oh boy. And there was lots of restructuring of contracts around the league. In Edmonton and around the league. Okay? So Darrell Walker, he sets his price. Boom. Well, he wasn't going to get that this year. So now DeVaris Daniels and really Greg Ellingson set the market because Greg Ellingson did take a pay cut, but he's still around that 200000 range. So the top receivers that have set the market now are DeVaris Daniels and Greg Ellingson. Darrell Walker, it'll be remain to be seen if he gets anywhere near $200,000. There's talk that those players that are waiting for the money might see a $100,000 hit. Larry Dean signed for 110 grand yesterday with the Tiger Cats. I can tell you he was around a $200,000 player last year with the Eskimos. That's how bad it is right now. Okay? That's just the way it is. That's CFL economics for this year, which tells you that CFL economics hopefully will change down the road when the TSN contract kicks in the new deal because that's more money. And if CFL 2.0 does take as well as Randy Ambrosi, the CFL commissioner, hopes, then there'll be more revenues. Then you might see escalators that might raise that cap number higher. But that's where it is right now. So next year, you're not going to see a minimum salary increase, I believe. I have to check the CBA. Got to find it somewhere because the league won't release an actual copy. They seem to be good with a leaked one that got released about a month ago. (sighs) That's a story for another time. Um, So they may not have to worry about this 11K increase next year. They won't have to, obviously. If it does go up, it's not going to go up 11K. And a quick question for you here, Davey. The XFL, I heard earlier in the week that SJ Green had declared that he was going down to the XFL to, I guess he's a a waiver pickup for a team in the XFL. How does that work? Entered their waiver pool. He was actually a guest coach for the Tampa Bay franchise, which is led by Mark Tressman, former CFL coach. So we entered the waiver pool. Did SJ Green got picked up by the Seattle Dragons? Okay. So he's in. Uh, about receivers, by the way, I asked Brock, are you happy with your receiving core right now? Because the Eskimos believe to be in on, I believe uh, it was reported, I'm going to put things out there on the weekend, they were in on Devere Posey, who signed in Hamilton today, in on Naaman Roosevelt. Uh, happy with the receiving core? You need to find some pieces there. The guy that jumps out to me right away, Tavon Smith, ran 4.38 coming out. He can fly, and uh, he's a guy that can take the top off. Greg gets open deep a lot. We saw what Ricky Collins can do. Kevin Elliott, you guys were at practice all the time last year. I think you noticed number 18 out there all the time. So yep. with how loaded we were at wide receiver, 
he couldn't get on the field all the time, but when he did, he was productive. So we have high hopes for Kevin. Josh Stangby, again, you guys were at practice, saw what he did when he was healthy. Uh, we have some other veterans out there that have played. Um, Kenny Shaw had 1,000 yards. He's coming back. And then, again, as I mentioned about linebacker and DB, we have some young rookies coming in that are 4-3 type guys that we think can take the top off, stretch the field, and be big-time playmakers. So they got to prove they can do it to what we see, but we expect big, big things from them. Okay, so it does look like at the moment that Brock Sunderland is out of the receiver market. I believe he was in on Neyman Roosevelt as late as yesterday, but it looks like he's out now. And there's talk that Neyman Roosevelt may end up with the Calgary Stampeders, which would be a good get for him. Now, there's still good available receivers. There's Armani Edwards out of the Argos. There's uh, Dominic Rimes from the Red Blacks, who's a 1,000-yard receiver on a bad, bad offense. And uh, the guy like Rodney Smith, who's a big 6'4 receiver, who got almost 700 yards receiving and uh, didn't play the whole season, but, uh, you know, kind of erased some eyebrows. Or there's options internally. He mentioned Kevin Elliott, who is 31, but he might be a young 31 because he hasn't played a lot of football. And he's been with the Eskimos for the better part of three seasons, uh, or two seasons, sorry. So he might be coming in pretty hungry. You have uh, other options like a J.J. Jones who was signed and has some NFL experience, has some kick return experience as well. Bryce Bobo, who was one of the late cuts last year, looked pretty good in the two preseason games. Or you never know. There's three months of offseason left. Three months of offseason left. The Eskimos signed a bunch of players as well from their own camp. Uh, Logan Kilgore, who we'll have on the show after 7.30, he re-signed. Corey Jones is back with the Eskimos for a third time. Uh, Tommy Dreheim re-signed. And before that, David Beer, Jacob Ruby signed on the offensive line. Mike Moore signed on the D-line. Trevor Harris extended by for two more years. So a lot of the money was spent on their own guys. And then they shore up the middle linebacker spot and the uh, short side corner spot. And they did sign a bunch of DBs and a bunch of offensive players that they're going to bring to camp and compete. And they're obviously not done. There's reports they're going to sign Jermaine Gabriel, who was a starting safety and a starting DB for the Toronto Argos last few years. He's actually pretty good. Uh, We don't know what the ratio looks like with the Canadian receivers. So uh, a different type of day for Brock Sunderland and the Eskimos where it was more um, just kind of shoring up some depth, creating competition, and addressing a couple of areas of need from a middle linebacker point of view and from a, a secondary point of view as well with Jonathan Mincy. By the way, Javon Santos-Knox, who was signed to a one-year deal uh, last week, uh, Brock Sunderland said yesterday that he could end up on the injured list. Looks like he um, had another, may or may not have had another procedure on that tough ankle. So uh, we'll see what happens there. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. But um, Eskimos, they're just, you know, if you're not that busy in free agency, it means you're probably pretty happy with what you have. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by Cam LLP Injury Lawyers. Representing injured people in Edmonton and across Alberta since 1962. 
can text in at uh, 780-496-0063. Question about Luke Tasker. He's a free agent as well. Good receiver, good possession guy. He's got some wheels, 29 years old. Had some uh, injury issues last year with a hamstring. I think he's in that tier, that middle group that they're waiting for the money to open up from teams. We're going to have to move money out. You might see another round of cuts from teams to try and get money out like the BC Lions who want Darrell Walker. I would think Darrell Walker wants them. <laughs> they got to move money out. CJ Gable, um, nothing really. I'll explain that a little bit later on. Logan Kilgore joining us, backup quarterback for the Eskimos. And Laura Walker, skip for Team Alberta, the upcoming Scotty's Tournament of Hearts, which begins Friday in Moose Jaw. Campbell in for Wilkins tonight on 630 Ted Inside Sports. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by Cam LLP Injury Lawyers. Representing injured people in Edmonton and across Alberta since 1962. The uh, Toronto Raptors looking for their 16th straight win. They already set a franchise record. Uh, they're hanging around, but uh, they're they're really uh, struggling to take over this game or even... Uh, Get close to the Brooklyn Nets. The the best lead or the best deficit I've seen is about 10 points. And that's where they are now as Brooklyn leads 86-76 as it gets to the late stages in the fourth quarter. NHL action right now. Uh, Boston Bruins up 3-1 on the Montreal Canadiens. David Pasternak with two goals. He has 40, uh, 40 goals on the season. Actually, he has 41 goals on the season because he has a, a hat trick scored the natural hattie. Marco Scandella, his fifth for the Montreal Canadiens. Later on tonight, the Vancouver Canucks at home to the Chicago Blackhawks as they honor Daniel and Hendrik Sedin. And the Canucks right now leading the Pacific Division with 67 points. The Oilers with 66 points, two up on the Calgary Flames. And the Flames are in L.A. to play the Kings. Roster note for the Oilers, uh, James Neal been placed on injured reserve retroactive to January the 30th. That means Tyler Benson will be on his way back up. Don't know if he'll play tomorrow just because of travel. Reed Wilkins mentioned that uh, a little bit earlier as uh, he's on assignment tonight at the uh, Hot AF Challenge at uh, Hudson's on White. But uh, Benson played two games and uh, yeah, a little bit of a fish out of water. Uh, He's going to get more games but uh, probably in a bottom six role. Don't think it's advantageous to throw him up in the top six and expect a lot at this point. Think Kyler Yamamoto, who had almost 30 games experience before what we're seeing is what we're seeing. Uh, quickly back to uh, the free agency front in the CFL and what the Eskimos are going to do or not going to do. Um, Brock Sunderland on what's next now, now that the uh, first wave is over. We're going to let the market settle a little bit, give it some time, and then there might be some players out there that are current free agents that we have a high interest in that will sign. Uh, other than that, we're going to start getting ready for the CFL draft, the new global draft. We're going to have some U.S. camp free agent camp workouts down in the U.S. We're going to start organizing those and uh, start beating the bushes down in the U.S. again for more of these, these young true rookie free agents that we want to sign. So there you go. It's going to get quieter. The Eskimos will continue to sign players. And I mentioned uh, reports saying they're going to sign Canadian defensive back Jermaine Gabriel, 29 years old. He's had a lot of experience, played under Scott Milanovic and uh, in Toronto, drafted in 2013. So uh, there's a move there. So probably see some moves as we go on 
you know, free agency is going to, it's pretty much winding down, I'd say, for the for the real busy time, although there are big names available, or significant names av- available, but one big fish out there is Darrell Walker. Uh, today, DeVere Posey signs with the Hamilton Tiger Cats, Patrick Levels, who is probably the best uh, cover linebacker in the CFL. Uh, he signs also with the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Uh, Logan Kilgore was a number of free agents that re-signed with the Eskimos. And that's really, like I say, the lion's share of their work was re-signing their own players and establishing a core and building a core and keeping that core going. Logan Kilgore signs a one-year contract extension. And as we've been dealing with some wintry weather over the last couple days, especially yesterday, uh, Logan Kilgore uh, joins us from sunny California. How you doing, Logan? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Uh, so I, I told you uh, earlier today when we were setting this interview up that it was uh, crazy weather uh, yesterday. We had this crazy snowstorm, kind of this heavy, wet snow, which turned the roads into pure ice. And you had the audacity to say, well, it's like 75 degrees in California. Well, <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, I think that uh, I think we get the best of both worlds down here because uh, – I miss the crazy winters up there, come to California, and then I miss the crazy summers and go up there where it's nice and nice and moderate there in the uh, in the summertime up there. So I miss the 100-degree heat, and I also miss the uh, below-freezing weather. So this has, been, uh, this has been the best. Well, I think we're owed a, a nice, warm, I'll, I'll say somewhat hot summer because, of course, last summer in Edmonton it was a little wet and rainy, and, of course, you, you know all about that and too much rain during home games, and, of course, the marketing department hates that. But uh, what's really great is, <laughs> is you are back with the green and gold. You signed a one-year contract just before free agency opened yesterday. Uh, tell me about, you know, coming back uh, to the green and gold here. Yeah, no, I, I think that, uh, you know, my, my year last year, and the chances we've had to talk, uh, you know, it felt like being in Edmonton was uh, the best professional experience that I've had, just as far as a community that completely supports their team, a, uh, you know, a city that has a ton to offer, and, uh, you know, an organization that truly takes care of their players, uh, you know, the most professionality. I mean, we had every um, everything at our disposal to be a, um, a championship football team, and, uh, and you know, the guys in the locker room and, and – uh, you know, just all the guys that I played with last year that we were able to re-sign just fired me up and gave me that much more incentive to uh, to get back in Edmonton. And uh, I was extremely excited that uh, that we were able to get that deal done. A much different off-season for you compared to a year ago when you were signed. Uh, what was it, March, April in uh, last year, last off-season? So now you got it done in early February, night and day, I would imagine. Yeah, absolutely. So we, uh, you know, last year. Um, Obviously, I was coaching and uh, and you know didn't really turn on that player switch again until about mid March. And so uh, you know after finishing up the season, um, you know last year I really just kind of went into my normal off season routine and uh, and hit the ground running right there in uh, early December and uh, and pretty much been going hard ever since. So um, I think it'll be a drastically different uh, you know entrance to camp and things like that as far as uh, just my body and you know it, it kind of seemed like took till about mid-season to kind of get back into uh into true football playing form 
And you got to play some last year. Now, uh, some of that was through injury with Trevor Harrison. You had four starts officially. You went two and two in those starts uh, when Trevor Harris was hurt. I know you started the final game in Saskatchewan. Um, But uh, in that time period, uh, you know, you had to take the the first team reps. Uh, You knew you were taking the first team reps and you had to get back into being a starting quarterback. And it's not an unfamiliar scenario for you because in 2016, you started, I believe, what, three games? Um, so tell me mm-hmm. about, uh, about yeah, Toronto. yeah, exactly. With Toronto under, you know, then head coach and now your current head coach, uh, Scott Milanovic. Tell me about what you learned during this experience uh, last year, uh, going into that role of, you know, being a backup, trying to prepare as you are the starter. And then obviously you have to play games because your starting quarterback is on the shelf with an injury. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, I think that for any quarterback, familiarity with the offense uh, is half the battle, right? You, you try to do the best to get your own body in in shape to play, and you and you try to uh, you try to put yourself in a position to win. But at the end of the day, um, you know, having a familiarity with Jason Moss last year, you know, I worked with him when I was in Toronto. Um, you know, having that familiarity, and then when Scott Milanovic took over this year, um, that was the original offense that I, that I kind of learned in the CFL, right? So I was there with him for. Um, for three years at least, and uh, and you know Scott is is a great uh, developer of quarterbacks, and and I was lucky enough to be able to um, you know kind of learn the CFL game under his uh, direction, and so to kind of circle back, you know, a few years later uh, has been you know a dream come true. Obviously, um, Trevor and I were there together, and I know that we were both excited when we saw that hire. Um, although we were both sad to see Moss and and Jordan leave. Um, we're both equally excited to see Scott uh, come in here because we just know everything that he can bring to an organization. Eskimos quarterback Logan Kilgore, Kilgore joining us here on 630 Chet Inside Sports. Logan signing a one-year contract extension before free agency opened in the CFL yesterday. Tell me about that transition. And I, I remember I asked Trevor Harris about it as well when Scott Milanovic signed back in December and um, about that time period of when Jason Moss uh, was let go by the organization to the point where Scott Milanovic was hired. Tell me about that that little time period uh, and how tough that is for uh, how tough that was for you. And of course, you got to add the other element that you were a pending free agent. You weren't sure about your future uh, anyway. Right. You know, it's 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 a weird scenario, and for anybody to say like you know it's standard procedure, they'd be lying to you. Obviously, um, as a quarterback, you're going to be invested into whoever's leading your ship and you know jason moss was our head coach and i think trevor and i um you know very well we would have done anything for him last year i still think he's an incredible coach and i wish him the best in saskatchewan this year but at the end of the day um you know when he's when when brock made that decision um you know we're we all signed up to be a part of the city of edmonton and be a part of the eskimos franchise so um you know at that point you're really just looking for the best opportunity to um, have somebody as a head coach that's going to lead us to a great cup, and that's the bottom line. So, uh, you know, you see the rumors, and you, I had plenty of phone calls and conversations with Trevor and speculating and this and that, and it's kind of a fun game to try and see what's going to happen. But, um, you know, somebody like Scott Milanovic was always kind of in the back of our minds, but all of us kind of did the same thing and said, no way he'd come back. And, you know, he's doing his thing in Jacksonville. And, right. you know, coordinator and doing all these great things and um but if if that was ever to happen oh that'd be sweet yeah but let's think about something a little bit more likely um but when we saw that name come across uh trevor and i talked immediately and it was just like holy crap like you know we gotta get this thing rolling you know i was i was 
a lot more excited to re-sign just because I know that what he can bring to the organization. And um, like I said, you know, he took over as a first-time head coach in 2012 and took them to a Grey Cup. Um, obviously, you know, had some actually had a better season in 2013. And um, I, I think he's a great head coach. He's a great leader. And when you talk about offensive minds, I think even Coach Moss and these um, other disciples of his coming from Coach Tressman, um, I think they would all just say that Scott's, Scott's a very more offensive mind. So. Logan Kilgore excited along with the rest of uh, the offense and the team that uh, Scott Mwanovich is in the fold and Logan Kilgore is in the fold, back in the fold as well, signing a one-year extension before free agency opened yesterday at 10 a.m. Edmonton time. Uh, played uh, five starts, uh, really played six games last year and the better part of five games for uh, Trevor Harris who uh, left uh, at the end of the first quarter of the Labor Day rematch game against the Stampeders. But uh, Kilgore went 2-2 two and two as a starter during Harris's absence, had six touchdowns, nine interceptions through the whole season. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I would say we could see a little bit more of an uptick from Logan Kilgore, but I think he managed the offense reasonably well. Needs to work on that, uh, probably the touch and the deep ball a little bit, but uh, it looked like a more confident quarterback the more he played. And, man, he is double tough. I mean, (laughs) he basically had his tongue bit through. When the uh, Eskimos, I think that was Odell Willis that hit him. I think that's right. Um, and he uh, bit his tongue very badly. We all remember the pictures of that. And he stayed in the game. This happened in the first quarter, and he gutted it out. And, of course, the Eskimos won a tight game, and they clinched a playoff spot and uh, went to the East Final. So Logan Kilgore, he did his job for the most part. Curling. Oh, I love this time of year. Curling really ramps up. And the Scotties Tournament of Hearts begins on Friday in Moose Jaw. Laura Walker will be there for the first time. She is a skip for Team Alberta. You'll hear from her next. Hi, this is Jajar Kara from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet. Dave Campbell and Reed Wilkins tonight, and I'll remind you some guests on Inside Sports. Receive gift certificates to Northern Chicken, bringing down South Comfort Food to Edmonton with a creative take on Southern Classic Spun with a modern twist. Should mention this, Tom Higgins has been named the defensive coordinator of the U of A Golden Bears football team. That's great. Former Edmonton Eskimos assistant general manager, general manager, head coach, also head coach of the Calgary Stampeders, Montreal Alouettes, director of officiating for the CFL for a number of years, uh, broke into the uh, university ranks in 1982 with the... uh, Calgary Dinos, and most recently was the defensive coordinator of the Dinos back in 2016, so he joins Chris Morris's staff. That is uh, really, really cool. Laura Walker is heading to the Scotties Tournament of Hearts in Moose Jaw with her rink, and she joins us now. Laura, thanks for joining Inside Sports. How are you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, you're preparing for your first appearance at the uh, Scotties Tournament of Hearts in Moose Jaw. You're leaving tomorrow. Um, is it a whirlwind right now to get ready for the, for this uh, for this event for yourself and your and your rink? It is. Yeah, we spent a ton of time on the ice these last uh, few weeks, and then as all the other life things, you know, we also have jobs and uh, <laughs> families at home, and um, you know, all of our packing to do. So I think tomorrow when I get to the airport, I'll feel a lot better. But right now, we're just kind of in go mode, trying to get everything ready to yeah, go. Everything probably seems very far away, even though it is tomorrow. And uh, you know, last night on the show we had a, or on Monday we had Carrick Martin, Brad Thiessen on, uh, who won the uh, BP Cup. So and what's great too is that we have Alberta rinks or uh, Edmonton. Uh, 
based rinks that are at the Scotties and at the Briar. So I think that's always really cool. But, uh, you know, Carrick talked about how, you know, the you have to, you know, manage your personal life with your with uh, with the curling scene. Tell me about that. Uh, I mean, you've been around for a while, and um, what's that like? And I know your husband's Jeff Walker. He's on the Brad Gushu rink. But tell me about balancing that personal life with the uh, with, with the curling scene. Yeah, it's it's a never ending battle. It doesn't really get easier. I'll say. Um, I I actually chose my career partly around my my curling. Uh, pursuits and my curling dreams. So I'm a mortgage broker and same as one of my other teammates, Taylor McDonald, and we can work from the road, which is a big reason as to why we started our businesses. So we don't really stop working when we get to our curling events. We're, we're working when we're there and that's kind of our trade-off to being able to get up and leave whenever we need to uh, to go play. And and the rest of the stuff in life, you know, you get used to unpacking a suitcase, doing laundry and putting your stuff right back into your suitcase. And you just need to have a really understanding, you know, family. And obviously my spouse, Jeff, is understanding. We're both kind of in the same boat. We don't see each other very much at this time of year. I just brought him to the airport yesterday to go back to St. John. So um, you just have to find the right people in your life that are going to support you and help you out in any way they can. Well, thank goodness for technology these days. You got laptops and you got smartphones and you got FaceTime, and at least you can communicate that way with uh, with your husband. Yeah, exactly. We we do a, a lot of video chats, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you have to if you're that busy, that's for sure. As we're joined by a yeah. Laura, Laura Walker, who's the skip of Team Alberta at the upcoming 2020 Scotties Tournament of Hearts, which will begin on Friday with the uh, wild card game with uh, Tracy Fleury and uh, and Jennifer Jones playing for a spot with Team Wildcard and uh, um, the tournaments in Moose Jaw. Uh, tell me about the win uh, at the Alberta Scotties. Uh, it was a few weeks ago. Uh, you beat someone that you're very familiar with because you used to play on Kelsey Rock's rink, um, and you go nine and zero at this at this event. It's hard to do that period in curling, especially in Alberta, where there's so much talent here. But uh, when you look back upon that tournament, uh, what really comes to mind? Our first game actually comes to mind for me. We gave up a four ender, I think, in the the third end of our very first game, and. Um, instead of kind of letting it be like, oh, no, here we go again. When am I ever going to win this thing kind of moment? We uh, we fought back. We got a four of our own later in the game, and we ended up winning that game in an extra end. And then we, we never really looked back. So I think that first game for us to be able to hang in there as a team and just kind of believe in each other and believe we could still win that one just showed us that we could win um, from any position, any game put in front of us. And then we just didn't change anything. We figured out, you know, the little things that were working and we did every, all of those things every single game and uh, led to some really great consistency for us throughout the week. And I, I read a line uh, and, and I remember, I remember the, uh, uh, the weekend there and you played Kelsey twice and you actually, you know, you actually had some dominating uh, victories and, and you said in the final five, uh, we're up five, one, it was probably the most nerve wracking experience of my life to get to the end of that game, <laughs> which is kind of different because, Hey, you know, a lot of these finals, they go right down to the last shot. Uh, but this one was kind of, okay, we've got to hang in there. I'm sure you were waiting for the, for the game to be over as fast as possible. Yeah, that felt like one of the longest games I had ever played. <laughs> and I think it felt that way because of the early lead. You know, you'd think that that would give me a, a feeling of comfort, but it was it was almost uh, more like, okay, you know, it would be pretty bad if we lost this thing now, so hang in there. And, um you know, we know with the five rock rule and with a team as good as Kelsey's that no lead is ever safe in any situation. And we knew we weren't going to be able to just kind of 
play okay the rest of the game. We were going to have to keep playing really well to to keep that lead and to win that game. So I think that's what made it so stressful was knowing that one miss and, you know, a three ball and they're right back in the game. So we just stayed really focused and tried to take a lot of, we fell back on our breath a lot that game. I I was breathing a lot, (laughs) just trying to to stay in the moment and do whatever we could. Laura Walker, along with the rest of her ring, Kate Cameron, Taylor McDonald and Nadine Scotland will represent Team Alberta for the first time for uh, Laura Walker, who has uh, been around for, uh, like I say, a while. She's 29 years old. She's from Ontario, moved out here uh, about uh, about eight, nine years ago, has uh, played third for Kelsey Rock, has played third for Chelsea Carey, and she is in the Scotties for the first time in her curling career. The uh, Scotties get going on Friday with the wildcard game between Tracy Flurry and Jennifer Jones, two Manitoba rinks going at it for the honor to wear a black shirt for a week. <laughs> I always find that interesting that the wildcard team, Kellen, wildcard. has to wear a black shirt. Team wildcard. Exactly. So, uh, the Raptors tonight. Let's see here. Raptors, win streak is over at 15 games. They lose 101-91 to the Brooklyn Nets. In the NHL. We do have a final, or late in the third, sorry. Uh, 3-1 Bruins over the Canadians. Flames and Kings, Hawks and Canucks later. Oilers are in second place in the Pacific. Two points up on the Flames, one back of the Canucks. Oilers in action tomorrow. 3.30 face-off show, 5 o'clock. The drop of the puck in Tampa Bay between the Oilers and the Lightning. Start of a three-game road trip. Reed, Rob, Bob, Jack will be around tomorrow for that. And Reed's back for Inside Sports on Friday. Thanks for tuning in, folks. Really appreciate it. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy in the studio. My name is Dave Campbell. Have a great night. Adler is next. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.